we've been uh, kicking off or continuing in our Dawn of a New Day series, and uh, we're going to, you know, have a good word here from Isaiah as he comes to share, and uh, we wanted to set him up here this afternoon. It's, it's been a few months since Isaiah came to share, and I just wanted to say, you know, we're a family here, and we want to give opportunity for people to come to learn and grow and to fan their gifting uh, into flame, and, and Isaiah's, you know, he's been to Bible school, and he's put the time and effort in, he has the heart um, for ministry and as the call of God in his life. And so we want to encourage him also as he shares. So if there's part of what he's sharing and it's really ministering to your heart, feel free to give him some encouragement as you would with me. Um, and I'm sure be also willing to answer any questions you may have uh, after today's uh, message as he continues with the dawn and new day. So why don't you just uh, give Isaiah some encourage and welcome him as he comes to share uh, this afternoon. Come on up, Isaiah. Wow, that's, that's a very welcoming encouragement. Thank you guys so much. Wow, it's, it's, been a, it's been a hot minute since I've been back up here, eh? Wow, okay. Just getting set up. All right, all right. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> By the way, that was amazing. It happened during worship. I don't know if you guys felt anything, but... As soon as Pastor Andrew started to just pray, like, I, I was like, kind of just praying to myself, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what is happening right now? There was something, there was just there was fire on stage, there was, there was something happening, there was breakthrough, like, Pastor Andrew was praying for no more anxiety, no, no more depression, all that was fading away. Even something was fading away off of me, like, it was just, just amazing, and isn't God so good today? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so, it, yeah, it's a privilege to be here. Last week, we heard an excellent sermon from Pastor Andrew on going the extra mile, if you remember, you know, speaking blessings over your enemies if they cut you off on the road, you know, not speaking curses, not retaliating, leaving the vengeance to God. It's in God's hands. And God doesn't want you to be bruised, abused, confused as you turn the cheek and as you turn the other sometimes. <laughs> so I just want to read from 1 Corinthians 1.30. It is because of God that you are in union with the Messiah, Jesus, who has for us, has become the wisdom from God, as well as our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. We are redeemed in this dawn of a new day. And it is as if we are, we are rescued, you know, when you receive Jesus Christ. It's like we look back at, at the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is a beautiful foreshadowing of today. Just like the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, you know, God Almighty, he rescued them. And remember, the Israelites, not only were they rescued, but they plundered Pharaoh and the Egyptians because they were so sick of them. You know, in Exodus 12, 36, it says, the Lord had made the Egyptians favor favorably disposed towards the Israelites, and they gave them whatever they asked for. So the Israelites plundered them, just like you were in darkness before coming to Christ. It's, it's the same thing. It's the foreshadowing of a dawn of a new day. You are no longer shackled by fear, are you in the promised land? That's what I want to ask you today. Okay, 
And when you receive Christ, you are entering into that place. You have the Holy Spirit, the initial uh, promise from God. And I'm totally convinced that when you are in union with the Messiah, with Jesus, you will have wisdom from God. You will become more righteous. You'll become sanctified. You will be the righteousness of God. We will see change in our body, our soul, our spirit. We will be redeemed on different levels. And you know what? Just like what uh, Pastor Andrew was preaching last week, people are going to notice when you go the extra mile, when you turn the cheek, when you give all your clothes away and you turn up with nothing. (laughs) People will notice, not that you're naked, (laughs) but that you will be undignified for God, that there's just something contagious. There's something that people will desire. In Proverbs 11.25, it says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. It is so refreshing to give. And it's, it's so necessary. It's actually one thing that God is telling me that will bring us to the next level at Hope for Today Church. Last time I was speaking on Ananias and Sapphira, I was talking about how the body of Christ, they had no needs. There was no, there was no lack because everybody was giving, everybody was sharing. There was no lack whatsoever. I feel like this is a, a timely word for today because we have to give something. We all have something to give. But how do we give? Because there is a right way and there's a wrong way. And as we continue on in the word of God, following Christ's Sermon on the Mount, we need to remember that this isn't just for general world consumption. It's, it's a very hard word to swallow. It's impossible to follow without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to turn the cheek. You're going to want to fight back. That's the battle between the flesh and the spirit. You know, and as soon as Jesus was saying, your righteousness shall, it should exceed the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and only then may you enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm sure there was many people, you know, as Jesus was in the boat, there's people everywhere. There's a multitude of people, and he's giving that word. And I'm sure as soon as they heard that, like, they knew that the Pharisees, they, they held on to the word. Like, they were the keepers of the law, and they were trying to follow it to a T. Obviously, they didn't have it all right, but the people, they didn't know otherwise. So when they heard these words, you will not enter the kingdom of God unless you exceed, you know, the, the, the Pharisees who are following the law— you will no longer enter in. They, I'm sure they thought, oh, it's, it's game over. Like, how can, I, how can I measure up? This is impossible. I'm sure a lot of people just checked out in their heads. But you know what? <laughs> but Jesus, he helped show to go beyond, to, to show something that has never been done before. And the Pharisees, their, their righteous acts, it was all works. It wasn't by grace. If you're trying to achieve you know, the word of God by just your works alone, by your own strength, you're no better than the Pharisees. But God has established another basis of righteousness that God imparts to a person by their faith, by our faith in Jesus Christ. And God accounts for his faith for righteousness. Okay, so I'm going to be preaching from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. And this title is called How to Give. So I'm going to read the word. 
Matthew 6, 1-4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then, only then, your father who sees what is done will reward you. Wow. So let's unpack this. So Jesus, he's, he's talking about the motive, you know, in that first verse. Make sure that the motive that you are prompted by when you're doing acts of righteousness, make sure that it's not for, to, be, to be recognized by men and women, not to build yourself up. You know, we're all going to be standing before the judgment seat someday, before Jesus Christ. And all of the, the works that we did on earth, it's going to be refined by fire. It's going to be tested by his holy fire. And you're going you're gonna, to, you know, you might be shocked about what actually motivated you on earth. If my righteous deeds are wrong, then those deeds are worthless. They're going to become, you know, just consumed like wood, like hay, like stubble. So many of our works that, that we are convinced that are actually righteous, they might blow up in smoke. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So I've been, I've been on the worship team in churches since I was grade seven. And it was such a, a nice privilege that my dad gave me because he was a worship leader. So I was just so happy and so thankful. And he was always telling me, Isaiah, make sure that you're playing for an audience of one. Make sure you're not playing, you know, for the people. You're playing to encourage the people to enter in. And God will do the rest. You know, but ultimately, it's all for God. You know, but imagine if I had the opportunity and my dad, you know, in, in, in his infinite wisdom, he didn't, he didn't share that with me. And I was on my own, you know. And I was only in grade seven. I, I, I didn't know much of the word, but thankfully, thankfully I had that good upbringing. If I was only playing to please myself, if I was only playing to please everybody in the congregation, those righteous acts, those works would burn up, you know, when my time on earth is gone and I'll be, I'll be in heaven. And I'll be like, okay, God, like lay it on me. Like, <laughs> tell me how good I was. <laughs> and then poof, nothing. The reward is, you know, if people are glorifying you or the reward is what lasts for an eternity in heaven. I know some people who've been on, on worship teams, um, Back, way back uh, when I first started playing, there was a lot of women, they, you know, they'd get all dolled up, they'd put some jewelry on, uh, you know, they'd, they would just, well, they would go over the top because I remember actually some were, they were wearing way too much jewelry, wearing low, low cut tops, you know, and their excuse was they were just trying to fish for men, but that's not what Jesus had intended, right? That, that's the wrong kind of fishing. They weren't, they, they weren't trying to honor God 100% that day. They wanted glory for themselves. And the Apostle Paul, he speaks of, which, of what motivated him. For the love of Christ constrains me. That's 2 Corinthians 5.14. And really, that love is our greatest motivator for Christian service. And it should be the only valid motivator. 
You know, I can do a lot of beautiful things for people, for you guys, for the youth, for people, you know, my neighbors, for the poor. But if it's not done in love, if it's done just to glorify myself, it is just completely worthless. You know, I, I've actually invested in some cryptocurrency. So I have uh, an example. Like, God has given me dreams of crypto, so I've been just acting on that. That's just between me and God. Um, but the, there's a right way to give, like I said, and there's a wrong way to give. The right way is to give in secret, like we read, right? The wrong way, well, here's an example. So, and remember, this is, this is the wrong way to give. So, if my investments went up or something, and I became a millionaire, I would call the, the newspaper and say, hey, send a reporter over here. I have to give them the heads up on how I'm gonna be distributing my money, how I'm gonna be giving to the poor, I want the paparazzi here, I want this over today. It's gonna to be Isaiah's charity bonanza or something. <laughs> this is the wrong way to give, by the way. <laughs> you know, and then all the poor people are there, there's smiles, there's food, there's charity. And they'll say, oh, like he's, he's so wonderful. What a generous young man. You know, my face is on TV, social media, Instagram. Isn't he just so generous? And, but you know what? That's the reward in itself. That's the wrong way to give. And then when I come to God all smug, like I did so much on earth. <laughs> Look what I did. You know, I gave to the poor. My investments took off. Show me the glory. <laughs> and then... All of a sudden, the work in front of me, poof, it's all gone. And then, uh, Jesus, there must be some kind of mistake. I, I did all of this. I, I, I thought I did it for you. Don't you remember, like, the cameras and everything? And Jesus would be like, oh, I remember, I remember. You know, that, that was your reward on earth. So this, this verse in Matthew, it really challenges our motives. You know, it, it makes us think and say, why do I do what I do? You know, anybody involved in any type of church leadership capacity, they should, they should especially think about this. Even the people who volunteer. Like, why do I help set up the bouncy castle every, every Sunday? Why do I help up tear down and set up the sound equipment? Why, why am I doing this volunteer position? Even I ask myself sometimes on Fridays, with the kids, especially sometimes when, when I give them Mama Chilean's homemade cookies, and then they, th they threaten me. They're like, okay, like, if you don't eat five cookies, I'm not going to come back next week. <laughs> and that happened last Friday. <laughs> so just, but, you know, despite all this blackmail, it's, it's fine. I, lo I love these kids. They're, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. And um, even when I have games planned, they want to do arm wrestling instead. It's like, oh, all right, I'll join in. <laughs> so... But, you know, why do we do what we do? I, we all have to ask ourselves that question. Is it just to feel good? Is it to give me purpose in life? Or is it simply for attention? You know, what is it? What about if, you're, if you are serving in a leadership capacity for, for so long to the point where when that's taken away, when that work is taken away, what's left? Who, what defines you? You know? But remember, you are a child of God. You are a new creation. You are more than a conqueror. You are everything Jesus promised you to be. So there's a healthy balance on how you should give and when to give. Because you are the light of the world. Like what Pastor Andrew was saying in the last passage last week, you know, we are salt and light. We are going to let it shine. 
We're not going to be afraid of being persecuted because that, that's a part of letting it shine. You know, not, not putting the, the lampstand to cover you up, not hiding your faith. So you are going to be seen. It's, it's going to be so hard to contain it. Just imagine, you know, being a beacon on a hilltop and people are coming and flooding in because of the light, because you're letting it shine, because you're obeying God, because you are obeying the plans that he has for you. He all has plans for you, and they're so, so good. They're so good. We all have righteous acts and, you know, acts of charity to do, but it's not always easy. Of course, we need to do it in such a way where, where we are salt and light, and people do notice, but it's all about the intention of your heart. Why am I doing this? Why am I giving this away? When you feel so compelled to give, when you feel that willingness stirring up within you, that's definitely, that's most likely God. But all, you know, it's always good to talk to the pastor and confirm, you know, just in case you're wondering, is this selfish? But you will know, you will know. Like if, if you're having the battle, if you're, if you're wondering, is this just for me? The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will direct you. His words are pure. So when you're giving, who's receiving the glory? That's my first point. You know, I remember actually some girls at Bible school, they would shriek and express this in a weird voice, like, I just want to serve. Like, I just, <laughs> they, and it was just kind of like a slogan that we had. I just want to serve, you know? But sometimes their, their intention was a little off in the church. And who rewards us? You know, Jesus speaks many times here about rewards, many times in that passage. And I think that we should be concerned about rewards because those rewards come from God. Some people mistake actually salvation as a, as a reward, but actually it's not. It's actually a gift that we didn't earn. You can't do any kinds of works to earn your salvation. You are saved by grace alone because the Holy Spirit drawing you to Jesus and then no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus Christ says. In Ephesians 2, 6 to 9, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might know the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In advance. So I want to highlight that. You know, you have a book written about you. It's in, this is in, in Psalms. I didn't add this in my sermon. But, you know, God, he thought about you before you were born. He, he thought of all the good works, like we just read, that you will accomplish on earth. And he has set you up for success. Actually, if you think about it, your life is actually rigged in your favor. Because when you abide by Jesus, when you abide by that still small voice, when you submit your will, when you carry your cross, you know, nothing can stop you. You, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All things, not some things. <laughs> Not a little bit of things. All things. You know, but as a child of God, there are responsibilities that God places upon me, upon you, and there are opportunities for serving God. 
And even if we flunk some of those tests, God is so gracious, he'll give you more. <laughs> he will give you more because he, he set up tasks for you. He is setting you up for success. And sometimes when we, <laughs> when we turn away, when we say, no, that's uncomfortable, I, just, I don't feel like doing that, God, he is still a gentleman, you know, but he will, you know, he'll be stern with you, but he'll be so loving and be like, just come to me. Just come to me. I will show you. I will lead you by my love. Just like the great shepherd, when the sheep are fighting each other. I've been learning this actually in, in the book that Sue has been lending me. Um, this shepherd, he's, he was a shepherd for like 20 years. I think either one decade or, one decade or two decades, but he noticed that when the sheep are all fighting, because there's a, there's a hierarchy system, when they're all bickering, when he walks by, they will notice his presence and they will stop. There will be peace among the flock. So, and, you know, we just need to fix our eyes on, what, on what's most important. Because God wants to reward you with his peace. Despite all the, all the, the bickering, all the fighting, all of the, the battle between the flesh and the spirit, he wants to reward you. That reminds me, I love to reward the students on Fridays. I love it. Um, I've learned that Claudia goes crazy for jujubes, actually. <laughs> and if there's jujubes around, I have to hide the container because half of them will be gone. <laughs> I'm only half kidding. I'm only half kidding. <laughs> you know, and actually, but you know what? That reminds me, like, God knows what you like. He knows what you love. He has rewards in mind that will satisfy your soul that will satisfy your entire being. I'm actually setting up some kind of reward system um, for youth group with starbursts. <laughs> and uh, actually one of the kids, they, uh, they cashed in her starburst. It's kind of like whatever, how, how, however many starbursts you give me, I will give you some kind of reward and equivalent to how many you give. So you can either eat them and get that initial good feeling or you can wait, you know, exercise some self-control. And uh, I just found out um, one of the parents ate their kid's starbursts. <laughs> so, so please refrain <laughs> from eating their money. <laughs> oh, man. It's kind of funny. So it's a way to motivate them, you know, for rewards. So God knows what will motivate you. You just have to take the chance and find out what that reward may be. Because God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what makes you tick. Just like the kids, I know that candy makes them listen <laughs> sometimes. There's a right way to give and there's a wrong way to give. It all depends on what source you want that reward to come from. That's my second point. Who rewards us? Do you want your reward from God or do you want your reward from man? When we get our reward from man, it's, it's just, it's a fleeting moment. It doesn't last forever. It's just like when you... Have you guys combined Diet Coke and Mentos? You've seen those experiments. Oh, yeah. It's, it creates an explosion. And, and initially, there's like this big propulsion, just like Coke spraying everywhere because of the chemical reaction. We're, we're totally doing that for youth group, by the way. But after, after the bottle you know, shoots out the Coke, it's half empty. It's drained, just like your soul, if you accept the rewards and the critical acclaim of men. You know, the glory of the world is shallow at, at best. Daniel in the Bible, he says, and they who are wise will lead many to righteousness and they shall shine as stars forever and ever. 
So we need to shine the right way. So God will, he will exalt you as you humble yourself when you give with proper intention. When you give him the glory, when we're up on stage, when we're worshiping, we give him the glory. We give him the honor and we give him the praise because he deserves it all, all of it. Can you imagine like <laughs> even Abraham in the Bible where, I'm going to read Genesis 13, 14 to 17. This is this God talking to Abraham. Look around from where you are to the north and the south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see, I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go and walk through the length, the breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. And God gives rewards and he gives promises. And sometimes, wow, it, that word from God, it must have felt, he must have felt so unworthy. He, he must have felt like, wow, like this is such a, this is a big privilege. But you know what? He had to be obedient. Just like, just like David, you know, he was promised that the lion of Judah would come from his lineage, that a king would be forever on his throne. And when you are simply faithful in your acts of giving, rewards will come. Let's look at Matthew 6, 2 again. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as you hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. <laughs> if I remember uh, when we used to pass around the offering plate. I love how we give online now. There's, 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 no, there's no chance of, you know, people looking at you or whatever. Um, that, that reminds me, in, in youth group, actually, when we were first learning how to give, um, the pastor didn't really say give in secret. Just give what you feel uh, you want. And <laughs> the funny thing that happened, one of, one of my friends, he was so enthusiastic, he's like, $5. <laughs> he smacked in the, in the offering plate. <laughs> Oh man, it's, and in, the, in this verse, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. That'd be, that'd be crazy if there was people with trumpets, you know, just in the back, just ready to stand up, eager to stand up, to, to give that trumpet fanfare and everyone would have their own theme song. One person can have John Cena's theme, one person can have Arabian Nights, you know, whatever you prefer. Um, did you know that there are services actually from, from mega churches. And I'm not saying mega churches are bad, but there are some evangel evan evangelists. They will say, okay, God revealed to me, there's 15 people here today. They're gonna give $1,000. <laughs> God says you need to give $1,000 for my new vehicle. <laughs> and then when, the, when those people start to stand up, you know what that pastor is actually doing to them? They're disqualifying them. They're not giving in secret. They're going against the words of Christ. So that, that evangelist, he's just destroying and disqualifying their, chance, their chances to get rewards uh, that last for an eternity. That's why I love giving online. If you want to give online, hopefortodaychurch.org slash give. <laughs> I remember um, my great-grandfather, he actually gave... Uh, to a church. It was a generous sum. And, 
in a couple weeks, the guy came in with a, a new shiny set of wheels, actually. <laughs> no lie, no, no joke. And he, my, he was so excited to give because there was different, different services that had to be built up. And, you know, sometimes people will distribute that in the wrong way. But thankfully, like, I have so much faith in, in Pastor Andrew and the people who take care of our finances. There's no need to worry. There's no need to, to, to fret about that. Don't stop giving. <laughs> I'm, I'm more so talking about acts of righteousness today. And I want to highlight when you give, is what Jesus said. When you give. It's just like when Jesus is saying, when you fast. You know, it's not if you. If you give, it's an expectation. You can't just give because you feel like it. It's a prerequisite for unlocking breakthrough in your life. For unlocking not just like more wealth to come, but refreshment, like we read before. When you give, it's refreshing to your soul. And it's, it's fun. It is fun. It's actually, um, a couple months ago, somebody from church, they gave me something that was really just mind-blowing because I was really, I'm really into this hobby. I'm not going to say what it is. But this person gave me um, something of the same thing. <laughs> and I was blown away. I was just ecstatic. I was just like, I was breaking down on, and almost crying because of just how good God is. God wants to satisfy your soul, like I've been saying. He, he knows what you love, you know? And when somebody wants to give, like a gift, to you, when someone gives, gives you a gift, you're going you're gonna to open your hands to receive, right? But when you give back, you can't keep your hand clenched. You have to open up. Because if you keep your hands clenched, that's a, that's a battle inside of you. It's saying, it's saying I, have, I don't have enough faith to give. It's so important to just act on your faith, to act on the word of God. Okay, point three. So give without internal strife. So Matthew 6, verse 3 but when you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your charitable acts will be done in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. As a kid, I, I never really knew what that meant. You know, How am I supposed to give when my hands are connected to my body? <laughs> am I supposed to give with one hand behind my back? Like, What, what does this mean? I think it actually means don't, don't chicken out. Don't, when you give... Make sure you follow through. And not only that, sometimes there is a battle inside of you when you're giving. And when there is, sometimes it's best not to give. Because if you're really struggling with that, that's not giving cheerfully. The Bible says to be a cheerful giver, right? That's the word of God. And I, I read a commentary actually on this passage about the left and the right hand. And that's actually not sharing, you know, your acts of service, your acts of righteousness with your friends. Like you can share, but don't talk about it with your friends. And you might think, ah, oh, they're my best friend. Like they're not, who are they going to tell? They're not going to tell anybody. But when you do that, it's no longer a secret between you and God. It's between you, your best friend and God. You know, that's, that's not what the word says. Even, even if they don't, tell anybody, even if, you know, they don't, don't tell a soul, 
You just have to obey Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Especially if you're married. I'm not there yet, but someday. <laughs> you know, you're going to want to share that information with your spouse about giving financially. You know, especially if your spouse does the budget. <laughs> and they're going to be like, what's this expense for $200? Uh, you might find yourself in hot water. And, and just be prepared. <laughs> you are one flesh together. So don't keep secrets from your spouse. Paul also says this in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a a cheerful giver. There's no room for fear when you are giving. Only joy. Only saying when when you give, like, God, this is for you. Sometimes when I do give to people, I'll say, God, this was for you. You know, that, that just keeps me in check. That's just practical application that keeps me grounded. And if you feel compassion for somebody, you should give. Compassion is a great emotional indicator that you should probably do something. You know, when Jesus, when, when he heard about Lazarus, about his death, he's only sleeping, you know. Um, and when other people were dying, you know, he had compassion. And that is a stirring of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I do see giving in Hope for Today as second nature. I really do see that. I, I have so much faith in you guys. God has is, God is more faith, but <laughs> I believe in you that we are going to see really amazing things this year and next year. We're going to be you know, knowing him more intimately. He's going to increase your compassion. He's going to drive out more of your fear. Because when you become saved, sometimes there's different compartments in your soul that you need to work on, right? And this year, more compartments are going to be given to God. That's what I see. So if giving is difficult, yeah. It's an, in, it's an indicator of how your faith might be doing. Because giving the way God intends with pure intentions, it's really hard. You know, when Jesus was preaching on the mount, everything that he was saying was going the extra mile, turning the cheek. It, it's actually impossible. <laughs> it's very difficult without leaning on God's strength. You have to make it a habit. You have to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. Sometimes it can be so hard. You know, in Abraham, we, we all know this amazing story of him where God is telling him, I want you to, to sacrifice your son, Isaac. <laughs> After God promised him a son. And what, Abraham's probably thinking like, wow, like that was my reward. Why, why would I? But you know, he didn't actually, it didn't say that he questioned it. He, it said he was obedient when he went up and he followed through with his faith. He didn't waver. If he did waver, if, if he, you know, pulled out the knife and, and if he didn't raise his hand, because when he raised his hand and when he was about to strike, the angel said, stop, <laughs> and prevented that. But if, if he lowered his hand and thought, you know what, I'm content with what I have. <laughs> 
if he did that, then we, we wouldn't come from his lineage. We wouldn't have seen the promises. Because God, God will share you promises. He has shared me promises in my bedroom just as I'm praying. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> but it's your job to carry out the faith, carry out the belief, and just, con- just continue the race. Run it. Don't, don't slow down. Even, even Samuel, uh, before he was born, like his mother, when she was barren, she was weeping. She was going into the temple. And the priest thought that she was you know, kind of drunk because she was sobbing just all by, by herself. And she was weeping and saying, like, I'm, I'm barren. I, I want to have kids. Just like we, we prayed for today <laughs> for, some, for barrenness to open up. And she felt peace. So she went back. But just like how Abraham followed through with his faith, Samuel's mother followed through. When she became pregnant, she carried that faith and she, she gave Samuel to the temple. She, did it. she, said, she, she promised to God, I will, I will dedicate my, my child if you open up my womb. And he did that. God did that for her. And she followed through. But what if she didn't? What if, what if when she, after she was pregnant and had Samuel, what if she just held on and didn't follow through with her promise? You know, there's a lot of crazy things that could have happened. But follow through with your faith when God prompts you to give. Because you will be so rewarded and you will be changing lives through your act. You know, Samuel changed he, he, he was a game changer. Like, he was a, a major character. If she didn't give, who would have anointed David? You know, who would have anointed Saul? Who would have rebuked Saul? <laughs> so what, give, what gets rid of all that strife? What gets rid of that internal struggle inside of you when you're giving? It's perfect love. It is perfect love that casts out all fear. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you again, are you, are you in the promised land today? Are you living in union with Jesus Christ and his spirit? Because people will notice. People will, they should notice your light. They should notice that there's a change in this guy. There's a change in John. Like there's a change in Diana. There's a change in Gail. All of you, everybody. People will see that God truly exists through your faith. So be bold. I want to encourage you to be bold. You know, say what needs to be said. Just like, just like you, Pastor Andrew, when you were saying, like, you, you felt like you had to get a little bold and say, like, well, what's your need? You know, and that's actually, that's so important that we need to express our needs to one another. Because if, if you are withholding, that's like keeping yourselves closed up. And then how can we help you? Sure, we can, we can get a word of knowledge and, and we could help you that way. It's best to just be, be honest with yourself. Be honest with the church, with this body. This body is meant to love one another. We are meant to lean on one another. If there's any needs, you know, that's, that's an opportunity. That, that is one of those opportunities for you to be rewarded in heaven and not to be glorified by, by men who see the acts of righteousness, but, but to give him the glory. So, so will you help others because you love God? Or will you do this to build up your own kingdom? 
that's, that's, why, that's why Satan fell. <laughs> he wanted to build himself up. He wanted to withhold all of that revelation that was being poured out. Even, even as people in the church, they will get revelation from God. And if it's for them, it's, it's for them. But if God is saying, share this with my people, don't be afraid. You know, not everybody is meant to be a prophet, but, but Paul says, you may all prophesy. I'm going to call back the worship team now. So have, have you found the willingness to give? If not, ask God in your heart, God, please give me the willingness to give to the body of Christ and, and help me to be willing to help my neighbors and the poor because giving refreshes the soul. It feels amazing to give. It feels amazing to see a renewed sparkle in somebody's eyes. It is amazing when, when you follow through and when your faith increase, increases. Because a couple months ago, when that person gave that thing to me, it, it actually it renewed my faith in a really special way. And I want all of you to experience this on a frequent basis. If you are feeling dry, if you are feeling you're kind of in the desert, I want to encourage you to give. I want to encourage you to give in secret and to abide by Matthew chapter 6, as we just read. And don't blow, blow, don't blow your trumpet like the Pharisees, but do it in love. Don't glorify yourself. Say, I'm giving this to you, God, when you're, when you're giving to whoever, whoever has the need. Do not be afraid to make your requests known to one another. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Remember, as I've been saying, God has a plan for you. He has acts of righteousness lined up for you. I know one person in, in the church, they have uh, an idea for business. And uh, don't be afraid if you don't have the knowledge to follow through with that. Because God, he's giving you those promises. He's giving you the, the unction, the prompting. And you don't need to worry because it's your passion. A lot of the time, um, to find your identity is actually, well, first, it's number one. In prayer time, it's you being a child of God. But whatever, whatever sparks you, whatever excites you, that's part of what you're meant to do, how you're meant to give. The greater the sacrifice, the greater the reward, is what I always say. So don't be afraid to, to skip out an hour on Netflix and you know, visit somebody or <laughs> you know, do something nice for somebody. Um, I'm gonna close in prayer and then I'm gonna pass it to Pastor Andrew. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all these people today. God, I ask that you would just open up the eyes of our hearts that we may know more and more of the hope of our salvation, the one who gives us strength. God, we ask that you would continue to show us, show us how to give 
and who to give to. Thank you for these opportunities that are lined up for us today, tomorrow, forever, God, to shine for you because we love you. God, we say we love you. We adore you. We don't, we don't want any needs to be unmet in Hope for Today Church or in Waterford. We want people to see how real you are. We want people to, to see the unconditional love that you've given us. Thank you that it's so much easier to give when we receive your love. So we receive your love right now. And we give it back. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your perfect peace. Thank you for the mind of Christ that you are giving us. Thank you that you are renewing our mind today. You are stirring up new ideas. Thank you that even when we fail, you pick us back up. Thank you that when we are weary, we come to you. You make us lie down. You lead us by those still waters. You refresh our soul. So God, refresh us today. Empower us today. For it is a dawn of a new day. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said, Amen.